Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of the SU Sports Corner Podcast. I am Josh, joined with Callan. We've got a great show coming up ahead for you. We're going to dive into some college football, including the fresh rankings that are now out, which there's a little bit of controversy, and there is a lot of controversy in my eyes that come along with that decision. And there's a hell of a game between Alabama and Georgia that we will talk about, which kind of caused a lot of the controversy. Then we will talk about the NFL. There was a coach that was just fired today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other hot seat opportunities. There was a huge trade in baseball that I'm ecstatic about that we will talk about. And then lastly, we will dive into the Mount Rushmore of the free agency period. And I am going to say it like that. The free agency period. We're going to leave it there. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about college football. And did we have a dandy of a matchup? And Callan, I think you know the exact game that I'm talking about. It doesn't, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. But Thank you. Alabama, Georgia, people were thinking that as a playoff preview. Now we know it's not going to be a playoff preview, but yeah, you, you said it best. Heck of a game. One of the most exciting games of the season. Tua goes out. Heisman Trophy favorite right now, Tua Tagliovia. I'm probably not seeing his name. That was a nice wrong. job. I like that. You, you know what? We don't, get, we don't do a show for the pronunciation. We're going sure. to butcher a few words. And the amount of words you, mis- you <laughs> pronounce <laughs> wrong, I can pronounce a few wrong every once in a while. But Incredible game. Jalen Hurts comes in and leads Alabama. Down by 14 comeback. Hurts goes 7-9 for 82 yards in relief of Tago Viola. Tua. We're just going to call him Tua. Uh, yeah, just an incredible game. You wonder now, do they go back to Tua yes. for the playoff? I, I think so too, but it does create that controversy again, just like they had in the national championship last year. Just an incredible game. Jake Fromm played unbelievable. 25 of 39, 301 yards, and three touchdowns. If not the game of the year in college football, near the top. Bama cruises now to that one seed for a college football playoff, as they deserve. Georgia just misses out. They were among the three teams talked about for that fourth spot, but just one of the best games we've watched all year. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Tua, like, had as many interceptions as he had in the entire season with the two interceptions that he had. Not a great quarterback rate, uh, rating of 15.1. He was 10 to 25 for 164 yards, one touchdown, two picks. On the on rushing, three attempts for negative 21 yards. He uh, Things were not looking so good, but Jake Fromm, we talked about the former freshman last year. Who led that team and was a very solid contributor for them. 25 of 39 for 301 passing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, it was an interesting game. And the, the fake punt controversy. Oh, that was wild. We think about some of the worst coaching decisions in football. We could have done a Mount Rushmore for that. We've seen some of those in the NFL going for it. You don't mind sometimes at the college level being aggressive, but when you see the defense not lining up in a punt formation, sacking everyone up and expecting that there could be a fake, just audible out and just punt it away. You're giving the ball back to a Nick Saban-led team, and it was just a disaster from the very beginning. Oh, you're, play. 
Oh, absolutely right. And just looking at some of the box scores real quick. So it was 21-14 at the end of the half. And Alabama had 21 unanswered points. And that's all she wrote. And that's just completely unacceptable from a coaching standpoint. Uh, just uh, Kirby Smart just got outcoached by Nick Saban. Yep. It was he got out coached. There's something funny about Nick Saban, and the funny part with me with, with Nick Saban is first off, you can never count Alabama out, and mm-hmm. if you're you know you're a great program, if you could go on YouTube and the only thing you can see is a compilation of when they've lost from the last uh, what is it seven years? That's sad, and yeah. it's not even that long of a video. It's genuinely got a, like a five minute video. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. We. Can't say enough good things about Nick Saban. You look forward to see what they'll do in the college football playoff as he looks for yet another national championship with their coming matchup against Oklahoma. They get the four spot. We've been vocal about it in the past shows about who we thought it would be for. Oklahoma, the way they played, I guess we'll move on to that game in the Big 12 championship game. They showed why they deserve to be in that playoff. They played incredible. Kyler Murray, I think now after that performance by Tua, has catapulted himself into as the Heisman favorite. I think right now with Tua not having his best game at the SEC, I think now you can say Kyler Murray is the favorite. And I think Oklahoma should play them close. I'm not expecting them to win, but I think that Oklahoma can be a good matchup for this Alabama team. So do I. I I just, I don't know. But I was gonna say is Nick Saban had a where he put out where he th- where he ranked everybody. He put his uh, his Crimson Tide second behind Clemson. I like that. That's like a power move. Yeah, it's just him being the uh, perfectionist he is, and they didn't play a perfect game, so he's gonna put them down and kind of send a message to his team. But we know what everyone really thinks, and you can put poll anyone who follows college football. I don't think anyone will try and put up any sort of argument against. Bama being number one, and I'm just looking at the uh, the resume per se of Oklahoma because I don't think Oklahoma should be in. Their loss was to number 19 Texas, 48-45. They better, but here's the thing: we look at that schedule. They went at West Virginia, who was number 13, 59-56 win. And then they beat Texas again, though, uh, 39-27. Remember, they had to go to overtime against Army. They, uh, they had a couple of hard-fought games that they barely squeaked by at Texas Tech, who is not a great football team by any stretch. They only won by one against Oklahoma State. They So I don't know, I'm not necessarily too impressed with this team. If I were the committee, right, mm-hmm. I really would have given that to Ohio State. And I'm going to tell you why with Ohio State. They went at home. They defeated TCU as number 15, 40-28. They then defeated on the road at Penn State during the whiteout game, it was number nine in the country, 27-26 win, which is a huge win. They beat number 16, Michigan State, 26-6 on the road. Then they beat number four, Michigan, uh, 62-39, stomped Michigan. And then they beat number 21, uh, Northwestern, 45-24. I get their one loss was not a good loss, and it was at Purdue. Purdue, and in that loss, Purdue kind of showed the type of team that they could be. They were remember they were six and six. They were second in the Big Ten. I don't understand how you could possibly not put Ohio State in there, knowing that they could actually give Alabama a run for their money. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if I 
was part of the committee, I would have Ohio State as my four. And the top three, we won't argue with yep. those. Those are clear set in stone from the beginning, and they deserve it. The committee justified it by saying, since Oklahoma won the Big 12, we wanted to get a Big 12 representative, and the fact that they won their conference, that is enough to catapult them into the playoff. And I think the body of work we've seen from Ohio State puts them ahead you wonder, maybe does Kyler Murray being on Oklahoma, do they want to put him on the big stage? Does he think that had anything to do with it? But also Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, he's also someone you want to see on the big stage. But Ohio State had a great season. They now will be playing in the Rose Bowl against Washington. Washington probably stinks. It'll, that should be a fun game as well. But I do agree with you that Ohio State should be in the playoff. Every year of this conversation kind of comes out. There's those snubs, and it gets the question, do you expand the playoff? No. If you're, would you expand the playoffs if you had the opportunity to? No. No, because that would be bad for college football for the mere fact of it would just be, it would almost be like a consolation trophy. Everybody gets in. There's no point of having a resume. Last year, a UCF, or even this year, a UCF team would sneak in, even though they didn't have a great schedule, not really any real solid wins whatsoever. I'm not necessarily as keen on that. I don't know if you looked at the opening lines. This one was kind of fun to me. Alabama opened up as a 14.5 point favorite over Oklahoma, and Clemson opened up as an 11.5 point favorite over Notre Dame. Yeah, and the first, this is going to be the first time in the brief history of the college football playoff that both first round matchups have a double digit opening line. You wonder will they get closer as the games come along? We still have. A few, uh, two weeks before these matchups actually take place, but we'll see what happens there. I'm looking forward to watching both these. I get the argument for expanding the playoff. I sometimes find myself on that so- to- side of the token a little bit because we don't want to have too many more of these. And the debates are great of who deserves to be where, but eventually do we want to just get rid of it and kind of if you deserve to be in, if you have an eight teams, those top eight teams who have shown they deserve to be in it, there won't be too much of that debate. So I guess that's part of the reason why I would consider it and why I, the argument I can make for it is there's no more of those snubs and we won't have to have that discussion. We'll get to see teams deserving and maybe see what UCF could do on one of those big playoff games. So but UCF's going to be taking on LSU. I just want to mention yeah. that. They're going to get Stomped around by LSU. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say stomp, but I think that oh, LSU is going to win that game, and I'll, I feel pretty confident saying that. Yeah, they're going to be in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I lo- uh, it's a random, random hot take right here. What's they? They always are changing up these names. It's driving me crazy. Like every year, I, I like spend like hours and hours, right, trying to learn the names, trying to learn the players. You know what I mean? Before, if you're gonna make an educated bet and an educated decision, you gotta learn the different bowls and you gotta learn the different things, the the different pieces that are gonna be involved. They're changing these left and right. The Red Box Bowl, they it used to be the Fighting Hunger Bowl. They, that bowl has changed names five times in five years. It drives me absolutely bonkers, Calvin. I think that's another one of those Mount Rushmore's we could have done is bowls, just because of the. Uh, there's always those f- exciting ones, just random. I-, I forget what it was two years ago. I remember turning on college football, and it was some random bowls, like the longest bowl, and you're wondering how the hell this yeah. company or this uh, the name got put into a bowl game. It's just it's a lot of fun, and those are always 
exciting to see who gets put where and who gets matched up with who. With who. So, I'm going to give you a good piece of betting advice, Callan. I'm giving you a good piece of advice now that we're talking a little bit of the bull action. Get out the notebook, get out the pencil or the pen or even the tablet. I'm not judging you whatever you want to take your notes on. The, the fact of the matter is teams that have to travel further to play in their bowl games significantly not significantly not a good bet and especially teams that necessarily if they're going to las vegas if they're going to new orleans these are places that obviously a lot of party a lot of hooting and hollering going on and the fact is teams that aren't that either have to travel far they don't get to go there often those are teams i usually love to bet against because this is something that it's outside of their norms and i'm just like scrolling through and so those are usually the best bets really honest are the teams that have to travel further in order to uh to play so just write that down again to get the notebook out if you want to whatever and, and but here's the thing like I'm looking at it, and I can almost tell you a couple of locks right now, just because of where they're playing. Like I'm looking at, for example, um, there's a couple that I'm that are off the top of my head that I'm looking at. Baylor taking on Vanderbilt in Houston. Where do you think I'm probably going to be? Look, two six and six teams in the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. Where do you think I'm looking already? Yeah, yep. it's an yeah, interesting yeah, take, yeah. Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh Something I hadn't thought too much about, and so um, you you continue to amaze me Thank from you. time to time with your uh, takes and some advice that you give. Thank that you. And if, I, if I truly am not confident, and I'm not trying to say take this advice for the national you know, the big games because I think it's a little, but like some of the no name bowls when they're going to be like Minnesota going to Detroit taking on Georgia Tech. That gets my eyes a little bit raised mm-hmm. when I see Hawaii taking on the oh, taking on Louisiana Tech, grazes an eyebrow a little bit. When I see Houston taking on Army in Fort Worth, Texas, raises an eyebrow a little bit. You get the gist of where I'm going yep. with this. So uh, that's just a thing to point out. Um, again, I like South Florida over Marshall at home. Again, these are, there are certain trends like that. That's great betting advice. You got to look for trends. It's like when uh, a cold weather, when a warm weather team is going to the cold weather in December. Usually, it's a good betting piece of advice. Except today with Josh Rosen. So yeah. I just wanted to uh, mention that. But is that going to be our transition to go into football, Callan? Yeah, I think it's a, as good as a transition as we're ever going to get on this show. Thank so, you. yeah, unless we got something else, I think. This is new. A, it, I think we can't get too deep in the bowls. There's still a few weeks away, so I think we can preview them more as they get closer. We'll get to some of the uh, more exciting ones some, and get our predictions and kind of give a little. Who can pick these games better, you or me? Oh, we'll is that going to be close? We'll out Again, I gave you one of my good strategy tips, so I'm a little concerned. But here's what, something I want to talk about real quick is, I don't know if you got to see, and I've been talking about this a lot lately, or some of the top prospects sitting out, guy like a Nick Bosa. You look no. at an Ed Oliver. You even hear about Herbert with the shoulder at Oregon. The fact that he's playing makes me feel that he's coming back for a senior year. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like that's what I've been starting to hear is that he is going to take one more year, which makes this upcoming quarterback class a, a bit shaky. You and I have talked about this off the air, and that's going to lead to some interesting decisions for 
NFL teams when you get to the draft, and I'm sure once as we get close to the draft, you love the draft. You're gonna oh, have a it. whole. We'll have a whole draft based podcast. I can see it. We'll do live on the air mock draft. We'll do a whole bunch of stuff for the draft once it comes around, and it's gonna be very exciting. I, I, right now, if I had to pick. Nick Boza to me is the number one prospect and would probably be the number one overall pick. You, we can get into once we get into the NFL, but the teams who are gonna be picking number one, you have San Francisco and Arizona kind of fighting out, and Oakland. I think only one of those teams really has that question mark at quarterback. So I don't think quarterback be number one. I think Boza would make an impact no matter where he went. I'm just curious to see what, if this starts becoming a trend, for example. So if this becomes something that we talk about year in, year out consistently about guys. And I understand why people, or what, Jaden Smith, who was supposed to be a top five pick, tore his ACL in a bowl game. And so mm-hmm. his stock fell to the third round for, and then the Cowboys took him. I'm curious to know, does this become a trend? Will teams start negatively looking at it if players start setting out and then they don't necessarily have a great career? Or does this turn into something that there could be a financial way of looking at it? Do you is there the insurance policy aspect or of oh you're slotted to be here if they pay into something that they have a guaranteed value? But how do they how are they going to assess that value? I'm not necessarily positive, mm-hmm. but I'm also just curious to see um will they look will teams look negatively if a guy does not necessarily or like a Nick Bosa who sat out most of the year? I think one thing that'll show that is. Maybe how they look at Le'Veon Bell. I know it's a completely somewhat different topic, but he sat a whole year for his health. How much money is he going to get paid? If he if teams are willing to spend money on him, then maybe they're going to be willing to be okay if a guy, a kid sitting out and being like, okay, I'm going to keep myself healthy to get ready for the draft. I could see some teams looking negatively, maybe some sort of old-fashioned, like you got to play through it. And To me, I would want my a person I'm going to draft to play in those bowl games, kind of on their big stage and show what they can do on that big stage. But I could see some people starting to sit out. I hope, hopefully it doesn't turn into too big of a trend because when you turn on these bowl games, you want to see draft-ready prospects playing. Yep. And that's going to be all we're going to talk about with college football. Next, we're going to dive into some of the NFL action. And before we do anything, before we go off on the ranting and the raving, there was a coach that was fired today, and Las Vegas was right, because you know who they bet would be the coach that was fired first after, obviously, Hugh Jackson? Well, it's going to be Mike McCarthy, because you just said that, right? Yep, so. and it was Mike McCarthy, the coach of the Green Bay Packers for the last 11 years, was fired today. He was relieved of his coaching duties, and this is something that... You could hear you could you've been hearing that it's been utter chaos in Green Bay. They got rid of the longtime defensive coordinator in Capers last year. And believe it or not, when you fire the right, offensive or defensive coordinator or your quarterback's coach, that's usually a sign of things to come. If you're a coach, remember that misses the playoffs and you know what I mean by that. If you're not if you're not playing successful football and you start thinking like my my job's gonna be on the line, I'm gonna fire a coordinator to try mm-hmm. to spark this team. If obviously things stop working the right way, you're going to be on the hot seat. And the fact is, the GM got fired last year, so Ted Thompson no longer was around. So the the the, the fact was, Aaron Rodgers was getting annoyed. They traded Haha Clinton Dix. They got rid of Montgomery. They just had a lot of blunders. They have no more Jordy Nelson. They lost uh, Martellus Bennett. They just it was not. They had, they have a lot of talent. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, a lot of talent. They got guys, a lot of talent. 
They just can't piece it together, and that just comes down to coaching. So Joe Philbin, the former Hard Knocks star with Chad Ochocinco, uh, is now their interim coach, and he's right now kind of has a team that's kind of in ruins right now. Yeah, you kind of you hit the nail on the head. It was something we all saw coming. You started hearing the utterances about it after that Thursday night game a few weeks ago where they didn't go for it on fourth down and ended up punting and then running the clock out. You kind of sense the end was coming with Mike McCarthy. Like you mentioned, there's so much talent on this team, and when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, if you're not winning with that talent, and now it's been two straight years where they've had at least seven losses. Last year they went 7-9. and Right now they sit at 4-7-1, and and in third place in that division, and close to close to even last place. I think they're only a half game ahead of Detroit for that last spot. So, you know what, it's just, uh, you knew it was coming, and where, yeah, you knew it was coming, and at Green Bay's going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason, where they go, how attractive of a position is the Green Bay opening especially when there's another option in Cleveland. I think, I guess I'll ask you, if you are, let's say, both Green Bay and Cleveland call you, Josh, and want to be their head coach, want you to be their head coach, what's more the more attractive option for you, Cleveland or Green Bay right now? Hmm. I say it depends on the type of coach that I am. If I'm a guy like John Harbaugh, I definitely would go to Green Bay because you'll have that quarterback. you got a lot of things that you need in order to be successful. If you're a young guy that wants to make his mark on the league, I would. If you're known for being able to develop quarterbacks, if you're a Bruce Arians, what the heck is Aaron Rodgers like? Aaron Rodgers kind of knows enough right now that he doesn't necessarily need that type of coaching. I think it. I think it depends what type of coach it is, and that's why. That's why I would probably go with that. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, Cleveland, I've mentioned before that it's. A real attractive opening. You have your quarterback of the future in Baker Mayfield. You have a bunch of good young playmakers on offense with Nick Chubb. You got Landry locked up. David Njoku's becoming a very good tight end. And that defense is continuing to improve. And is also young Denzel Ward, uh, Miles Garrett at defensive end. A lot of good young talent on this Cleveland team and puts you for excitement for years. So I think if I'm out there, I think Cleveland's just it's slightly the better option. And I think it's because of, like you mentioned, Green Bay, it's a lot of in shambles. You get to work with one of the best quarterbacks of all time and Aaron Rodgers, and that's great. But I think that both these jobs will be probably the two most attractive jobs that will be open. So we have our list of some coaches who will be on the hot seat. I think you have these two openings, and they're high up there in terms of where teams would want to, or coaches might want to go this offseason. So just for the heck of it right now, well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about, and we're going to go, and we're not going to spend that much time between each one, but we're going to talk about, like, jobs that we think, and we're going to list the teams and if they're going to have an opening. And I think this is very fair, Count. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We're going to start from top to uh, The Rams, I don't think so. No. Or we're going to go We're going to go conference by conference, okay? We're going to, that's how we're going to do this. The Chiefs, we're not going to, no. No. Actually, we're going to start this division, because I actually, I'm going to keep changing my mind on this. So, New England, no. Mm-hmm. Miami, possibly. Possible, but I think they're, they're continuing to win. Yeah. They're hanging out in the wild card spot. They might give Gase another year. Fair. All right. But Fair. It's, it's potential. Potential. It depends what, how this goes on, right? Because remember, they still have got Ryan Tannehill and whatnot. We'll see what happens. Buffalo could, yeah. Could, but that's another team, which is... The fact that he's able to get four wins out of his team Fair. is pretty impressive. So I think they'll give him 
another year as well. How about the Jets losing six in a row? Yep. Yeah, Todd Bowles should be Toast canned Robin. right now. Yep. I think it's like the hot seat level is like a sauna in the middle of the desert. It's uh, he, He's got to be sweating right now. This would be of, like if you had like pizza rolls or something and you put it in the toaster oven. That should be the temperature of this hot seat. It is, is a toasty seat. Yeah, for sure. You I should mean, be able to toast marshmallows with the temperature of that hot seat. Count. We know how you feel about Todd Bowles. You this made your feelings very well known, and I completely agree. That's he's probably gonna be one of the next coaches to go. He should be. But this guy, you know, what gets me nuts with this guy. He shows no signs of life. And it's one thing if he wants to be like an analytics guy. It's one thing if he wants to be a computer. If he wants to be an algorithm, so be it. But then the matter of the, the the one I can't stand was the fourth and two against you guys on the 40. I feel like I've heard this rant a yeah, hundred different but times. This, is, this guy, it's every single week. This week, Callan, he was up by 14 points. How do you let that team come back and win in the second half? This guy should not be allowed to be a head coach anymore. This guy should not be allowed to go on the plane to go back to New York. He shouldn't be allowed to be in, even in a coaching room after what happened today. Completely agree. If you look at what went on here today, the Jets got out fast. They got out and played the right style of football. But do you know what the matter of the fact was, Callan? They didn't finish the game. They didn't play 60 minutes of football. And if you can't play 60 minutes of football, especially especially in a town, in a city like the city of New York, that's completely unacceptable. The matter of fact that you allowed 20 straight points to a team in Tennessee who has a lackluster team at quarterback and a lackluster offense and defense, you got to be kidding me. And tune in next week, folks, as we find out what the next thing Josh is going to rant about. Our daily Josh rant is brought to you by... I, nothing. We we don't, I don't think we have anything that's brought to you by, but... Yeah, I, I, I won't say too much more because I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Completely and utterly unacceptable. That's uh, that's the only way of saying it, and I just I'm I'm so infuriated by this New York Jets team. They they constantly get my hopes up year in and year out. I constantly believe that this is going to be the year that the Jets can finally turn this team into something. And here's my problem. This is what I'm tired of with the New York Jets. And I know I'm in really now really ranting mood. Is the matter of fact that the Jets since. The rich coat tight era of 1995 are afraid of hiring an offensive-minded coach. Because right after the coat tight era of the New York Jets, they went to Herm Edwards, right? Herm Edwards, the guy who had no idea how to manage a clock whatsoever. That was my biggest flaw with Herm Edwards. And you know who they went to after Herm Edwards? Let's hear it. They went to Eric Mangini, Mangenius. That's what they thought was going to be our saving grace was Mangenius with Brian Schottenheimer. And you bring in a, the, those coordinators that couldn't stand back, like Henderson back in the day. And they had all these guys that used to drive me crazy with the safeties. Drove me nuts. On the one yard line, they're trying to run it up the gut. Are you crazy? So that got me going. So the defensive-minded coach, right? That that man genius, that was a fun era with Brett Favre, and they, you know what I mean? It was a weird time with the Callan Clemens, and, okay. So then the Jets decided man genius wasn't the guy. So you know who they went to then after that? Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, another? Defensive-minded head coach. Thank you. So in the last, almost since I've been alive, actually, the Jets have had a defensive-minded coach. Change it up for once. 
Change it up. Bring in an offensive-minded coach. I would take McCarthy in a heartbeat right now. I would take Mr. Jim Harbaugh. I would bring a Brinks truck to Michigan and say, you know what? Take the Brinks truck with you to New York, the city that never sleeps. Yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. And hopefully, we'll, I'm expecting by the end of the season, Todd Bowles won't be with the New York Jets anymore. But you know what? You've hit the nail on the head sometimes with this team. It's the New York Jets, so who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's, emba- it's a, they're just an embarrassment to the city. But So we're going to talk a little bit about the other side of it because now we got to hear the, the angry side. So Mariota, 20-35 passing, 282 passing guess yards. We're, guess we're skipping right to the games now? Yeah, we're skipping yeah. games yeah. after <laughs> me just getting a lot off my chest. Unless you want to add anything else, but no, oh, no, oh no, sorry. Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do, we're gonna go back and okay. So thank you, Callan. <laughs> nah, I'm just, just making sure. You know, no, I, I, I know, I, I know. Sure. Once you rant, it goes. Show will go off the rails. I've, it's Which, kind of my job to keep the show on the rails at times. Yeah. So I was just in a cluster of a yeah. place. So I currently have. I'm gonna say at least there are gonna be two jobs, and I don't know which two in the AFC. They're gonna be in the AFC East. Two jobs are gonna, so I have two jobs open in the AFC East. You have one. I'll say one. Yeah, I, I think Gase and McDermott have done enough to keep their job for another year. But, okay. So next, you have Pittsburgh. I don't. They're not no. doing it. No. Nope. Baltimore. I, I don't think they would want to, but it sounds like Harbaugh is ready to move on, and they're not gonna be able to agree to a contract. So it sounds like. Harbaugh will be will not yep. be coaching the Ravens next season. Yeah, I agree. So we have that one. I agree. So then we have the Cincinnati Bengals, who've now lost four in a row. Yeah, Marvin Lewis should be gone. He had his seat's been on fire since since I started coming to this school. I thought his seat should be on more fire than it is, and finally it seems like it may come to an end. But you know who may come next? Hugh Jackson. Oh. So I don't know if you're a Bengals fan, you really want to run Marvin Lewis out of town just so quickly. Yeah, so I'm going to go, so that's another job. Cleveland, we know that jo- that job's open. So that's three AFC North jobs that will most likely so, be open. So I'm now at five jobs that are currently open. Okay, so we're already at five. Next, the Houston Texans, no. Nope. Okay, Indianapolis Colts, no. Nope. Tennessee Titans, no. No. And Jacksonville, I say I, yes. I say yes yep. as well. I think that team's become very undisciplined, and it seems like everything's unraveling for them, so yep. I... You're absolutely right. So, I now have six jobs, and or this is just this is already just on one half of the, or we're not even through one half of the league yet. Kansas City, no. no. Chargers, no. no. Denver was a team I would have said yes. I would have said yes earlier, but they're starting to play a lot better lately. I think they'll keep Vance of Joseph yeah. around for I a little longer. They, well. they, they could be an eight-win team. Realistically, yeah. they're about an eight-win team. So, there's that one. And then we, the last team, Oakland, no. No, but it should, but it yeah, won't but be. it's not. It's not going to happen. So we're at six already from the AFC. Next, we're going to go to the NFC. Dallas. No. No. Washington. No. Philly. Nope. New York. No. Uh, it's another one of those. You could see it happening, but it, it won't. One it's one year. We won't give a guy only one year. I think he's incompetent. If we're going to be real upfront and honest, I'm going to say it how it is and mean what I say. He's incompetent. Yeah, he hasn't been super successful, but good win today. I'm sure we'll get to that in a little they bit. They almost but lost. Yeah. They almost lost. It's the Giants. What do you expect? No. All right. So, next. Chicago? No. No. Minnesota? No. Nope. I agree. Green Bay is an opening. We already so know. We'll seven. Be Detroit? No. No. Okay. So, we have seven openings. 
All right. So now we're going to go to the NFC South. The Saints. No. Carolina. Yes. I say no. They've lost four in a row now. They're six and six. They started out six and two. Colin. I think that it's another one of those very loyal to their guy. And I think that they're going to give him some more time. I think his seat has gotten hotter. And then next season he'll go in with a hot seat, like turn things around or you could be gone. But if we're taking guesses on this offseason, will they need a new head coach? I'll say no. Okay. I disagree. With you. This is a team that's unraveling, and Cam Newton's regressing right now. The defense is supposed to be within the pride and joy of that team, and they're not doing that. That that's that's a problem. So I'm, so I'm saying yeah, Tampa Bay. Yes, eight. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Dirk, Kirk, uh, Dirk Cutter. That's that job has been Jameis Winston. The fact that you're not really getting what you need out of Jameis Winston. That defense is atrocious, except today. So I'm saying that that's a hot seat. So that's eight. So I already got eight jobs. What do you, so you say yeah to there too? Yeah, I say yes to Tampa Bay as well. Okay. So, uh, Atlanta, yeah, buddy. I'll say no. That's another team you and I have disagreed upon, but I could see it, but I still think that they'll give them another year. That defense has just been so injury, injured this season that you can't fully judge him based off this injury-plagued injury season for the Falcons. But, Matt, again, Matt Ryan's regressing. It kind of reminded me of a Green Bay Part 2 of just, like, things aren't going well. you got to figure this out. You gotta figure it out. You came into the year expecting to be like the New Orleans Saints of ten and two, and I th- I realistically thought they were gonna compete with each other. Uh, the utter disappointment. So I'm gonna say yes. So that's nine teams now on the hot seat. Next, the Rams. No, no. Seattle. No. I say yeah. No. Okay. They're playing really. If anything, it'll be him him step. stepping down Fine. he's on the hot seat but that's a job that could be open just for him wanting to move on and be done but i don't think he's on the hot seat for that's fair on. that's fine uh arizona no no and but he could be kind of could be it's one year but it's been a very stink. very bad they stink. year they stink they got rid of tyron matthew they got they're rumored to try to trade away pat peterson they uh, larry fitz uh, the team's not ready to play it's not his problem uh, so I'm gonna say no. I'll say no as well. And you know I love saying that somebody's job's on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think his job's on the line. No, I don't think so either. And then lastly, but not least, you got the 49ers. I'm saying no because he's no. locked in for another like. He's six locked years. in, and they're without their starting quarterback and without their starting running back from before the year, but both with injuries. So you can't see them trying. You can't fully judge him off another year where you have half your starting offense out for a season. No, that's fair. And so, I have 10 jobs that are, could be open. Last year, I I said there would be 8 and 7 got fired. So, I was a little impressed with myself. The other one that I said would get fired and didn't was Marvin Lewis. Yeah, so, I think you and I agreed on most of them. The only two we really disagreed upon on was uh I think we both or Miami and Buffalo, we you say one could, of them are one of them's to. going to be I think both will keep their job. I'm more you seem to be calling for everyone's head I more often. I'm more of cool. give them another year and kind of. But there are coaches who we both have agreed on that should be out. So I think realistically, from what we both agreed on, there's seven or eight jobs that'll be open this offseason. Yeah, and I'm at I'm least. just excited. I don't know about you. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm I'm that guy that sits there in class on the Twitter and constantly trying to figure out who's going where, what's yep. happening, and why. Oh, I'm very excited. I think that there's intriguing options collegiately. There's intriguing options of coaches that have retired that may come back with Bruce Arians yep. and then also there's always those coordinators who make their name known so it'll be 
another exciting offseason in that front. I think the job openings could be, there are some good, attractive Josh ones. Josh McDaniels, bring him to New York, Cowan. You know what? I think anyone would be better than Todd Bowles. Can't stand him. So, we're going to drive into some of this week's games. First, the Ravens, 26-16 to win over the Falcons. Matt Ryan, 16-26, 131 passing yards and a touchdown. Uh, interesting game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 12-21, 125. 17 uh, rushing attempts for 75 yards and a touchdown. So, it's like the human joystick is back at it again. So, Yep, he's going to keep his job for another week they've won three straight since lamar jackson's taken over for the injured joe flacco it's gonna be one of those oh no you're still you're still a little injured joe they're not gonna force the issue they're gonna let him keep sitting down and they're phasing joe flacco out in baltimore lamar jackson has stepped in and proved that why they trade up in the first round to get him and have him be the future quarterback of their future so he's impressed He's still got some issues throwing the ball. I think you Can't and I throw. can agree on that, but it's something they can work on. And if they've won, they've won three straight with the guy, and they're not going to be eager to bench him anytime soon. Hey, RG three came in today. RG knee, as they say <laughs> in the trade from the boys back home, they call him RG knee. And RG knee two of four when he came in for twenty one passing yards and a QBR of forty two point seven, and which was better than Lamar Jackson. So RG knee, watch out. Yeah. It was, it's always fun to see those. Next thing you know, next week we'll be seeing Mark Sanchez back. We'll see RG3 back. Next week we'll be, maybe we'll see Mark Sanchez come out. I, I want Mark night. Sanchez. So I, would want, I, I would feel better. I mean, we'll talk about this towards the end of the segment. I'd feel better with that plus six of Mark Sanchez and then Colt McCoy. Hot take. Wow, yeah, that is a hot one. Hot, fuming, fuego. It's almost as hot as Todd Bowles' hot seat. Yeah, uh, I don't know which one's hotter. They're both like... I think I'm more realistic. More realistic Bulls is hot seat. Yeah, I, I agree. The proof is in the pudding right there. Um, Denver, 24-10 win on the road. Dang, a lot of road teams won tonight. Now I'm looking at it. A lot of road teams won. So, Denver, 24-10 win over Cincinnati. Cincinnati dropping to 5-7. and seven. Jeff Driscoll, which we were watching this game together. I did stump you on where did Jeff Driscoll go to college, the University of Florida. Yep, for you kids back home that are taking tabs, you're right, University of Florida. So, uh, what, a very interesting matchup, very boring. Um, Case Keenum, 12 of 21 for 151 passing yards and a touchdown. Jeff Driscoll, 25 of 38 for 236, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Philip Lindsay had a nice game. 19 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns. And, um, yeah. If it wasn't for Saquon Barkley, I think that Philip Lindsay would be running away with the uh, with the uh, offensive rookie of the year. He's been incredible, undrafted rookie, coming into play for his hometown. He's been unbelievable. He's so much fun to watch. He ran for about eight yards per carry today. Just torturous Bengals team that's really on a downward spiral and is running Marvin Lewis out and uh, yeah now they are without Andy Dalton AJ Green hurt himself again today that was not good that Tyler Boyd may have gotten hurt this Bengals offense continues to it's the Bengals are a mess and the way they're playing could they come in last place in the division wouldn't shock me and I think this Broncos team is better than their record shows I, I liked how they played that defense is really good and they've you know, at six and six they could still stick around for a wild card spot and i think that they're 
they're better than the record shows, in my opinion. Yeah. Again, I think some of it's just coaching. They kind of stink. Um, next, we'll talk about the 11 and one now. L.A. Rams coming off that thriller from a couple weeks ago, with a 30 to 16 win over the Lions. That dropped four to four, two, four and eight. Matt Stafford 20 of 33 for 245 and a touchdown. Toddy G 23 carries for 132 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Todd Gurley's the MVP. Him or Patrick Mahomes, I don't think you can really put too many other people in the discussion. Gurley, maybe offensive player of the year. I think Mahomes, I think Mahomes would be my MVP right now just for how he's really turned around this Chiefs team. It's almost a shame because we've seen Gurley be this good before last year. Not so, this good. Not this good, but at MVP level. I think that that's why Mahomes would get my vote. But Gurley is a close second. He's been the best player in football this season, and... Yeah, and now the Rams are starting to... They now have the one seed. They clinched the NFC West today. Maybe they'll have uh, the number one seed in the NFC. They'll be fighting for that. And we'll see if they play everyone the rest of the year. Not too often we see someone 13 weeks in the season and there's a division already locked up. I'm not. I'm not. I think they're going to have to play their guys because especially when you're so young, you need to keep developing consistency. And they're not going to be developing that consistency if they don't necessarily get that performance and we've seen it in the past though mm-hmm. and what was it 2010 the New Orleans Saints and the Indianapolis Colts both rested their stars which included Drew Brees and Peyton Manning they rested Reggie Wayne they rested uh who was it Marquise Colston they rested a couple other guys and remember both teams the next they had bad years they both lost in the first round of the playoffs yeah so we'll see what they end up doing Sean McVay coach of the year candidate again he's completely changed the culture in LA and there's not too much more and LA is back as a one seed in the NFC and looking dominant as they do it and that defense is continuing to slowly turn things around they're get, after their bye week it was a good jump back after that hard thought game against Kansas City yeah and this is an LA team that is so young that if they go into a, a bar or a club they have to get ID'd all of them <laughs> Can you imagine this, Gallon? They got a young kid at the quarterback and running back and uh, receiver, and their DBs are young. This is a team they got to get ID. They got to have to wear a wristband when they go into the clubs, Gallon. Yeah, it's a uh, very. The coach could even have to get ID. Yep. The youngest head coach in the league. Yep. Very good young team. Very exciting to watch. And my opinion, one of the top two. We mentioned before, probably one of the top two most exciting teams to watch in the whole league. Uh, this game kind of shocked me, but didn't shock me. Because I was, I told you this morning. What did I text you this morning, Callan? The, uh, bet the under. Bet the under us of uh, the Arizona-Green Bay game. Yep. was about 40.5, 41.5, whatever it was, because yep. of the snow yep. and the cold temperatures. So, once again, give you some credit with that. I texted you back. Look at you finally putting that big brain <laughs> you claim to have to work. So, glad to see that. Thank you. Not too much to take away from this game. Arizona. Josh the Chosen Rosen. Josh Rosen looks shaky at times, but possibly. I think this one you can actually blame on the weather, unlike you do with Blake Bortles. Oh, the, the weather. Blake, can you imagine Blake today? Oh, Blake would have been like. Uh, he well, he thrives. He's back. Blake he's, thrives. He's a backup quarterback now. But he shouldn't be. They, that maybe. team, they put up six points. That guy's not a backup quarterback. Yeah, we'll agree or disagree. But we'll talk about that right after this game. Yeah. But, but good. Good. David Josh. It was a. Weird game, good defensive battle, just it was the weather had a lot to do with it. We know where both teams are. 
Packers are now without a head coach, and the Cardinals kind of should be a foul head coach at times, but it's one year into his tenure, so he won't be, but yeah, it's not been a good season for Arizona. Most, yeah, of, these, most of these first-year head coaches think don't necessarily look that good right now. Yeah, I mean, you, Pat Shermer we talked about a little yeah. bit. You went on a nice rant about him last week. Sure. And then Steve Wilkes, and so that's two that stick out right about Matt Patricia as well. Yep. There's only a few. Vrabel. Frank Vrabel's look good at times. Mm. Also, Frank Reich's the one that really stands out looking good in Indianapolis. Although this game today wasn't so hot. Yeah, that was pretty bad. N- none of the first-year head coaches, you're right, are uh, really John Gruden making that. Yeah, John Gruden. I, we can't. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to be you and rant. That's I've said it before. I love John said it again. Biggest waste of money I've seen in football in a long time was bringing Gruden. Albert back. Hainsworth though. Ah. Gruden's more useful than Albert Hainsworth. Fair, fair. Thank you. Yeah. Both $100 million men, so yes. I'll take that $100 million guy over the other $100 million guy. What did I promise right before you almost got me to go off task? That we have to talk Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And despite contrary belief, you cannot tell me in all seriousness that Blake Bortles would not have done better than 18 of 24 150 passing yards with three sacks and a quarterback rating of 18. That sounds like a Blake Bortles line to me. I don't know what's shocking. Bortles shouldn't be the backup quarterback for this team, but it's what they had to do. He's a backup quarterback. Blake Bortles is not a starter. The Jaguars finally are learning this, and we'll see what they do next season. Do they go out, maybe get Joe Flacco as that stopgap before? Do they, Derek Carr could be available? Do they try and get him? I think that they finally, by benching Bortles, they're kind of coming to that conclusion that, you know what, it's time to move on from him because he's just not a good quarterback. But here, That was an ugly, ugly game today for sure. But here's the thing. This year, Blake Bortles' quarterback average was a 47. All right? And we're not talking about my grade in any of my science classes. We're talking about his quarterback rating for the year, 47. Today, they had Cody Kessler, who couldn't start in the Cleveland Browns last year, at an 18. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not saying that Cody Kessler is better than Blake Bortles. I'm saying that Blake, Blake Bortles, Bortles is, is not a good quarterback. And I think he's stellar. It's what the Jaguars needed to do when you're on a seven-game losing streak, and a lot of it is due to everything's going wrong for this team. Sometimes a quarterback change helps, and they've just been they've been atrocious. Their most points they put up before that game during that seven-game losing streak was 26. Ooh. Other than that. 14, 7, 7, 18, 26, 16, 21, and now 6. Nice. That's a brutal offense. Nice. And it, I, it had, probably had something to do with that. Fournette was suspended for his game after his role. Yo, I, they, loved uh, I loved it. I loved it. Throwing some punches against Buffalo last week. That's correct. Like, he was, I'm not saying I'm condoning it, but I, I think it showed that they have a fight left in that team. Yeah, I think that Jacksonville could be an intriguing job. That's open. You have a good defense. I don't really like Jalen Ramsey, but I can't deny his talent. And I think Jacksonville, if that job is open, is intriguing. They just need to get that new quarterback and move Blake Bortles out. He's it's by benching him for Cody Kessler. The writing's on the wall for him. Yeah. And on the other side, Indianapolis still sticking around in the playoff race, getting shut out. Andrew Luck had his worst game of the season. He struggled. The whole offense struggled. Jacksonville finally showed why they were considered as great of defense as they were, and they finally looked that way. So I can't take too much away from that for Indianapolis. They're still going to be around. They're still a, a talented offense that's continuing to improve. And that defense, we'll see. But I'm not 
saying the, sink, the uh, ship has sailed or anything for Indianapolis. They'll still be hanging around for a wild card spot. Yeah. Um, I think that ship's kind of sailed. But um, we're going to dark Miami versus Buffalo. Two pretty bad teams. Uh, Miami won 21-17. Josh Allen back, 18-33. 231 passing yards, two touchdowns. Josh Allen also the leading rusher. Nine carries, 135 yards. Draft Josh Allen is back. Yeah, Josh Allen's looked good. Uh, the games he's played when he's he's shown that they don't have to worry about him in Buffalo. I mean, there's those, we have this, some of the other rookie classes that haven't really looked as good. Josh Rosen struggled at times. Sam Darnold struggled. Lamar Jackson, he's been playing well, but he's struggled throwing the football. I think that Buffalo, you don't have to worry about that. There's no question marks that there are around possibly some of the other guys right now. So he's looked good. He almost made a incredible running around, shucking up a Hail Mary in the end zone, just under through a guy just slightly. Just He's looked good. He's a dual threat guy, which we didn't really know what to expect that. But I, I do like Josh Allen. I think he has proven to be the uh, kind of the future guy for, for Buffalo. And moving on to Miami, another team that's still alive in the playoff race, though they don't, to me, look like a playoff team. I don't think we're making many breaking news by saying that, but... You know what? They can squeak out a wild card spot. You never know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. Um. Next, we'll talk about the New York Football Giants. Thirty to twenty-seven win at home. They were a minus six and a half. Or they were a six and a half point underdog today, with Chase Daniels play getting in there. Saquon Barkley had a lot of nice runs, and the Giants got a bit. They got ahead very, very early. They were up twenty-four to fourteen. They were up ten. The Bears made a great comeback. The Giants almost lost the game again. Then they went to OT. Thrilling win. Odell Beckham with the throwing touchdown. He does it all. I thought he was going to kick and <laughs> you name it. And uh, the Bears now 8-4 and four and they got shown they're a little vulnerable. How about the Bears breaking out the Philly special at the end Philly, of the game? Philly's the final, back. The final play. Touchdown pass to Miller from Tariq Cohen. Just a lot, a lot of trickery in this game. Giants offense was clicking today. Odell Beckham had one of his best games of the season, and he threw the ball, which you, you gave you said you got that alert better than Eli Manning with that pass. So we'll see what happens there. But you know what? Give credit to the Giants, especially after last week, which caused you to go on a big rant oh, about nuts. their mistakes. Coaching, good job by Pat Shermer getting him back they on track. They lost this, this week. though, Callen. Yeah, I think Shermer would put himself there. But you know what? A good win. I don't know which New York team I'd rather be right now. But so, that's something I just thought of. They're both brutal. They're both having head coach question marks. Giants have that up high upside pick of Saquon Barkley. There's always going to be a question of whether or not they made a mistake going with him at number two. But even if it was a mistake, he's incredible. And yeah. like you mentioned, the Bears showed they're a bit vulnerable, but I still... I'm not at, not too worried about them, and they'll get Mitchell Trubisky back as soon as possibly next week. But here's the thing: they did allow almost five. They allowed mm-hmm. to Goleman and to Barkley 4.9 yards per carry, including to Saquon Barkley 5.2 yards per carry. It's not like he even broke many yards. He was 24 of 125 for rushing with a long of 29 yards. 
That means he was consistently pounding the rock. And yes, they contain Eli Manning. He was 19 to 35 for a buck 70 and touchdown and an interception. Yeah. But you couldn't stop Saquon Barkley. But it's Saquon Barkley. Not many defense can stop Saquon Barkley. It does show that there are some holes, and it shows that the vaunted, incredible Bears defense is beatable. But I wouldn't say I'm as worried about it as you might be. But I would be. Uh, if I'm the Bears, I'm a little I'm perturbed, to say the least. I'm a bit worried, for sure, but I'm not going to be throwing my arms out. The Vikings haven't looked good. They're not the third-best no, team in the, think, in the NFC anymore. It, maybe. I, I, you know, you got the Rams and the... Uh, Rams and the Saints. Saints up top, and I think the Bears are still sitting right there. Seattle's been playing really good. Dallas is playing really well, but Dallas I think right stinks. now, I think I still put Chicago at three. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll think about it. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I think about it though. Um, then let's see what else can we hit upon. Uh, we oh, this is a good and interesting one. The Bucks five and seven now, twenty four seventeen win at home over the Panthers. The Panthers are starting to regress. Cam Newton, twenty eight of uh, forty one for three hundred passing yards and two touchdowns. He had four picks on the game. He was even in his press his uh, press conference after the game, and he even forgot how many interceptions he had. Bad game for Cam Newton. You said it yourself. Panthers are starting to regress. Early in the season, we were looking at them as a surprise wild card team. Can they be? even more than just a wildcard team, and I thought they were a serious threat in the NFC early in the year. Now they're spiraling out of control, and their schedule does not get easy from here. I believe they still have to play the Saints two more times this season. So if you look at that, that's the way they're playing. That's two almost guaranteed losses. And they got to go on the road to Cleveland next week, which early, you wouldn't have said it if I laughed, but Cleveland's a tough team to play at home. <laughs> I think Carolina, the way they're playing, I'm not making many breaking news again, but that's this is not a playoff football team right now. Yep. And give credit to Tampa Bay, their best game on defense against. Everyone thought their defense was brutal, and it is brutal, but it was their best game defensively all year. Yep, yep. Uh, the Texans with a 29-13 win over the Browns. Baker Mayfield, 29-43 of 43 for 397 passing yards and a touchdown. Texans are now nine and three. They're in the driver's seat to win that division. They're five and one at home. Things are looking good, including that defense causing four turnovers today. Yeah, Houston continues to play really good football and putting themselves more in that conversation in the AFC. There's not too much more to add about that. Houston, the way they're playing, is a really good football team. They're starting to get Deshaun Watson to play back to his peak level and. It's a really, really hot team. They've won nine straight. Yeah. Early in the year, they were kind of a question mark, especially after a loss to the Titans and a loss to the Giants. You wondered what this team really can be. Now we've seen it, and they're clicking on all cylinders and are a very serious threat in the AFC right now. Yeah. Um, Chiefs with a nail-biter, 40-33 to win over the Raiders. Patty Mahomes, 23-38, of 295 for touchdowns. The Raiders were hanging on. They fought back late. They they really played well towards the end, but just it was not enough. And um, the Chiefs now increased ten and two. Chiefs in their first game post Kareem Hunt. Way we don't need to really yeah. get into exactly what happened, but he's was released from the team. So how much of an effect is that going to really have on the offense? First game without him. 
didn't really seem to be missing too much. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches, 168 yards, and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, only one catch, which is very strange to say the least. You expect yeah. big things from him, but Chiefs, they're really good. And the defense shows some holes a little bit, though. That's one thing that worries me about the Chiefs, is that defense has shown to be very inconsistent, but they could be getting Eric Berry back very soon. And, well, I don't want to spend that much time on the Niner game. I re- really don't want to talk about that game. We so, could just talk about Seattle. and Yeah, they won big, 43-16. to 16. The, Seah- uh, the Seahawks beat the Niners. Nick Mullins just showed why he's not very good and why he's not a starter. And Seattle's just rolling. Seattle's rolling, and I'll say what I said last week. I don't want to play Seattle right now if I'm any of these NFC teams. You get them the way they're playing. Look out. Russell Wilson's playing top level, and he only didn't have to throw too many passes today, but he still threw four touchdowns and only yeah. 17 pass attempts. <laughs> Seattle's rolling. Everything's clicking defensively, offensively. Very dangerous team right now. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots, 24-10 to win over the Vikings. Tom Brady, 24-32 of for 3-11 and a touchdown. Uh, Dalvin Cook starting to come back. Kirk Cousins looked pretty bad today. 32 of 44 for 201 passing yards. Touchdown, two picks. But TB12 is back. And uh, things, is, although things almost got away from them at the end, uh, the Patriots are starting to show why they can't sleep on New England. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I'm getting concerned about Minnesota now. I know they're 6-5-1. I like them coming here, but they just... They haven't looked completely themselves lately, and I think they're more of a wild card, possibly first round exit team, and Super Bowl contenders like we thought they would for the year. This has been a rough stretch of late for Minnesota, and I think that they're when they're clicking, they're very dangerous. But you know what? It's still another team with a tough schedule next week. They go to Seattle, and then they play Chicago to end the season. Tough schedule for them. We'll see where. Minnesota finishes, but I think Minnesota's shown to be more of a wild card team than contenders like we thought early in the year were one of the favorites in the NFC. Yeah. And the Patriots are the Patriots. Yep. Possibly the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, they probably are. Um, lastly, the Thursday night game, a little controversy. I don't know if you saw the whole headset thing with the cell phone. If the you and you know this, if that was the New England Patriots Oh, here we go. The, the, the world would have exploded. People would be going bonkers. People would think we were living in banana land if that was the New England Patriots. Well, with the headset, oh, all they do is cheat with the, on the wrong sideline and with the telephone and what are, what are the Patriots doing? Come on. The fact that it's Dallas and they somehow upset the Saints 13-10 to shocks me. Yeah, it's a very shocking game. We all, Saints were one of the hottest teams in football and Dallas' defense comes right in and looked really good. Yeah. And I, I think that Dallas, we've mentioned before, they're a favorite in that NFC East right now. And I think that they're becoming a bit more of a threat than we possibly gave them credit for. I know you're not high on Dallas. I don't like Jason Garrett as a coach. I don't think he's that he good. But he's gotten Dallas playing really well. And I think that they're, they're another under-the-radar team that you don't want to play when they're clicking all cylinders. And right now, that's kind of wherever I I think their offense is improved. Amari Cooper, yeah. you hate to say it, first-round pick was probably of too much for him, but he's fit in he's great for him. He's, been a, he's become that number one weapon that they needed at wide receiver on that team. 
Yeah. But here's the whole the whole thing behind it is if you actually realize that this guy's going to be better than any of the talent in the first round at wide receiver, why not just – it's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that was a good trade on Dallas's part. I don't think a first-round pick's worth Mari Cooper, but he's played like one, yeah. and he's become a really good weapon for, uh, for Dak. And you have him, Zeke, and now Cooper playing – High level, so so high. Power, it's becoming a bit more of a high powered offense, and something we didn't really think we'd see because we know how you feel about Dak. I'm don't Dak's. That's kind of been a question: Is Dak the guy? And he's been playing really well as well. And now you got Dallas sitting at first place. And we'll see what happens from here. You know what's kind of funny? And before we transition a little bit off of this. In the words of Ted Broski, and I'm reading this on ESPN right now, the Patriots have a quote-unquote hat and t-shirt game coming up in Miami next Sunday. If the Patriots are currently 9-3, and beat the Dolphins who are 6-6, six and six, they then will clinch the AFC East and thus would have championship hats and t-shirts waiting for them afterwards. Broski once said, called it, quote, a hat and t-shirt game because players, players often played hard knowing that there was quote-unquote free swag on the line. That's an electric take. That's yeah. an electric take. I, I guess. I mean, it's kind of just one of those, you can clinch the division. I don't know if how hot of a take it is. It's, hey, you can clinch your division next week, so let's go out and get this done so we're not having to play super close down the stretch. Let's get it done this early in the year, and then all we'll really have to worry about is trying to get that number two seed, maybe even the one seed. I think Kansas City could is due for another possible loss, and New England can slide in as the one. Wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, me too. Um, but that's all going to be. That's all. And then, actually, we're going to do talk real quick about Monday night, and then we're going to dive off of this. Monday night, Philly minus six at home at the link over the Redskins with the under over of 45. First, I'm going to take the plus six for Washington. Secondly, I'm going to take the money line for Washington. And finally, Callen, almost, I'm almost confident saying lock this one in. The under of 45. I don't like either offense. You're, so realistically, what are they going to do? Put up 28 and 27 points? No way, Jose. I will take the Redskins for the spread. I think that the Eagles will win this game, but the Redskins will keep it close to a six-point game. It's two division rivals playing for trying to keep themselves alive in the NFC East. There's not too much more to say with that. Eagles need this win more. They're desperate for a win. They've been struggling a lot lately. And they get this win, and they'll be only a game back at Dallas with another game for them coming up next week. We'll see where they go from there. I think that you can't. I can't trust Colt McCoy. I'm not yeah. going to put anything on Colt McCoy. I don't expect him to keep them too much alive too much longer. Peterson's banged up. That whole offense is banged up a little bit. And you know, Eagle, although the Eagles' secondary is injury prone, I think the Eagles are just overall a better team. So I'll take them. I actually, for the over-under, I have it exactly at 45 points. I have it a 24-21 win for the Eagles. So Ooh. I don't know what I would bet for that, but I'll say exactly 45 points. Why not? That's my final score prediction, 24-21 Philadelphia. Nice. Solid. Um, so that's all going to be that for the NFL. We're going to dive quickly into the MLB trade that went on. The New York Metropolitans, Edwin Diaz, Robbie Cano to the New York Mets, including $20 million in cash. 
what the, they gave up Swarzak, they gave up Jay Bruce, they gave up Dunn, they gave up another the other prospect that the Mets had that you could probably go in a little bit more detail than I can with the New York Metropolitans. And then they so the point of this trade really for the New York Mets is people are saying, oh, they're able to bring in the, probably the debatably the best closer in baseball. Yes. Also, they figure out their second base situation. So overall, I got this ahead of me. So they brought they're trading their first round 2016 pick in Justin Dunn. They are trading the sixth overall pick, which was in the 2018 draft of Jared Kelenic. They traded the right hand reliever Anthony Schwarzak, and they're trading uh, Jerson Bautista and Jay Bruce and Jay Bruce's contract, which is very bad. So, but. Robbie Cano, five-year deal, $120 million. So they're going to take 20 So the Mets are going to be paying him $20 million a year for the next five years. We'll see how much this works out for him. Edwin Diaz is one of the best closers in baseball. He was the AL Mariano Rivera reliever of the year last year. He had an incredible year, ERA below two, over 100 strikeouts. was just unhittable at times for Seattle, and they're going in a Different directions. We saw that after they traded James Paxton to the Yankees. Now they continue to unload and retool, rebuild by sending Diaz away to the Mets. We'll see what kind of haul that turns into. I'm curious about this for the Mets because there was talks about them trying to trade or talking about trading Noah Syndergaard. And I can get it if they were going to go in the rebuild direction. But if you are willing to take on Robinson Cano's contract, I don't see why you would want to get rid of Syndergaard. And I get that you can go out and try and trade for somebody. I know you can try and sign Patrick Corbin or Dallas Keuchel or Nivaldi, whatever, in the starting pitching market. But if I'm the Mets, I'm not really looking to trade Syndergaard after you are now taking on $120 million for Robinson Cano, a 36-year-old second baseman who may realistically only have three years left as like a, a good defending second baseman as he's getting older and has a lot of money to be paying for 36-year-old. You know, I, I think that Brody Van Wyden has made himself known right away. He's not gonna. He's going one direction. And that's they're gonna try and contend. So I, that was one thing we asked in the beginning of uh, his hiring: is which direction the Mets are gonna go. He's made it clear they're trying to compete, and that NL East has become very exciting. You have Washington. Atlanta just signed Josh Donaldson. They brought back Brian McCann, and now they're looking for another starting pitcher. And then Philadelphia, they're also in the market for possibly a Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. They're apparently in talks with Seattle trying to get Gene Segura. They're another team that's trying to compete. So that NL East has become very exciting with four teams who realistically you can make a case that can win that division now. And I still think the Mets are, I think they're still a piece away, but they're definitely better than they were now or better than they were at this point last year and are, and are definitely in that on that contender side, they made themselves known. That's kind of how it is with baseball now. Now, is you can't be in the middle. You got to go one way or the other. It's you're rebuilding or you're trying to compete for a championship. And the Mets have made it clear <coughs> that they're going for number two. They're trying to compete for another World Series title. Hey, I, something that's coming across me now is and this could be different when this drops. But the Mariners are now in serious trade talks with the Phillies to send Gene Segura to Philly. A little interesting. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Seattle has made it clear that they're, they're rebuilding and they're just going to try and get as much prospects you can. The Phillies, there is that. Cesar Hernandez is playing second base. They have J.P. Crawford if they like it short. So 
if they get Segura, that probably that could mean they're not going to be on Machado. Interesting. Another story to follow, as he's another. He's a very solid 300 hitter with speed, and that would fit in well with Philadelphia if they end up making this deal. Yeah. Um, well, now we're going to do something real quick to end this show out. And shockingly, which is not to you, Callan, but not to me, we did our Mount Rushmore last week of Thanksgiving foods. And I got 62% of the vote. I'm a man of the people. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You got the, some of the great sides. I, I kind of knew coming out of that draft that oh, I was hoping that people would just go for the main dish, which is turkey. Oh. And you know what? I, I would have, to be honest, I probably would have voted for you. Thank I would have liked to have something to mashed potatoes. I just couldn't, I couldn't leave turkey out at the number one overall pick. It's hard not to pick them. Or hard not to pick turkey. But yeah. you know what? It's a new day. It's a new draft. And this is... Baseball is my sport. Yeah, you know that. Say, so this might be my, this might be the one that I can take home for once. Okay. So we're going to go with a Mount Rushmore of the free agency period for Major League Baseball. Okay? Okay? I'm going to get the number one pick because all I do is win right now. So, my number one pick, my good sir, Manny Machado. Manny Machado, a guy who started out with Baltimore, then he went to the Dodgers. He doesn't hustle, but he hits over 300 with the 30 homers, with the 118 RBIs. I'm all right with um, a little Manny Machado action. So I'm going to go uh, Manny Machado with my number one pick. Good pick. He's going to get one of the biggest contracts in LV history. You wonder how much the whole hustle gate thing affected it. We'll see, but he's we know how great of a player he is. He's 330, 100. He's a superstar. And my pick is another superstar. One of the most polarizing players in baseball. Another name in the conversation for that 10-year, 15-year, whatever you want to give. Big, probably one of the largest contracts in the offseason. And that's Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. He's a lefty outfield bat who can make any anyone's lineup better. He's polarizing. Fans love him. He's one of the most liked one of the most popular players in Major League Baseball. So I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. It's another just big name, and he, he, he can help make, and he's even shown that he might even want to play some first base. So, you know, he's going to be, him and Machado, I've said it before, one of them is going to be one of the first people who actually was worth the huge contract that they get. I don't know which one, but I feel like they are both just such extraordinary talents that they could be worth the money with whoever makes that investment. Mm-hmm. And then my next pick is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Patrick Corbin, a uh, starting pitcher. Uh, there's just, he's been a solid le- left-handed starting pitcher. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, it's hard to find that good lefty in time. He's Everyone's interested in him. He's had a ERA below three last season, came back from Tommy John, and has had a really just good career, a 3.15 ERA last season. Uh, and he's going to be probably the most expensive starting pitcher on the market and he, he can make any another player who can make anyone's rotation better so i think that getting both sides of the ball bat and arm will be a good start to this draft i'm going in a different route because i got back-to-back picks and i wanted it intentionally in the right way for me yeah you could have you know explained it but i said of the free agency period i didn't say that are currently free agents that's why i worded it the way i did and you're going to say I'm a jerk for doing it. Yep. I'm going to Noah Syndergaard because he's an available player. Uh, you know what? 
Fair. I might I might want to put uh, protest this. Protest. Thing. We went into this on a uh, Machado was bad. I would die. if you let me trade Syndergaard for Machado. I would right now. Or or uh, I lied like a Bryce Harper. I would trade. No, I'm thinking I'll take Harper over Syndergaard. So that was this, I'm not rigging this at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I worded it. I worded it technically. Fine, word, fine, fine. Let's fine. keep this going. So, so he's out there. So. so I'll leave this open. Uh, so I could go easily with somebody also in a similar position, but I'm going to go Noah Syndergaard, a guy who's kind of available, but somebody who uh, it's going to take a lot of uh, money. It's going to take a lot of a lot to be able to try to go out and get a guy like Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard's a pitcher for the Mets. Thor, he's the, the dominant. He's a, a guy who you don't really want to mess with too much. And he's been elite for the New York Metropolitans. So I'm going to definitely say, uh, definitely I'm going to go with Noah Syndergaard. And since I feel a little bit badly, Callan, I feel a little bit badly, I'm definitely going to go with the list of the free agent list. And where I am going to go, and I'm still contemplating it since I had a a better idea, but I talked myself out of it. Nice guy. You don't have to say thank you. I don't need a thank you. You went with Corbin, right? Yeah, I went with Corbin. You went with Corbin, that's what I thought. Um, where I'm going to go now is... Ooh, you got me stumped for a second. But you know, like the best players, you know what the best people do? What do they do? They shine. And they shine under the pressure with the big and the bright lights. I'm going A.J. Pollock. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. A.J. Pollock, guy who... Hit, what? He had a bad year last year. 257. 21 homers, 65 RBIs, and usually averages about 281. Uh, so he, he's a nice player. He's somebody who uh, is it, they say will try to probably command a six-year contract for about $80 million. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that if we're going to be uh, speaking real frank with each other. So that's kind of my decision. And so now you get your two picks. Yeah, I'll get I think I know where you're thinking of going. You're being a nice guy for some reason and giving that to me. Corey Kluber. No, that's not one. Thank you. Yeah, because you know what? now that I know that the, the trade people are out there for the picking, why not go with Kluber? He's a former Cy Young Award, Cy Young Award winner, was in the, a finalist for this season again. I'm shocked the Indians are even considering moving him. To the Mets, You would have thought that the Indians would want to add and try and compete with the Red Sox, Yankees, and Astros in that AL and try and... Instead, now they're looking... They know they have the AL Central locked up. There's not many, really any team in the AL Central who scares me if I'm Cleveland. But, to me, if if I was Cleveland, I'd be looking more to add instead of subtract and build a, a team that can compete in the AL. And I think that by doing that, they're setting themselves up as they're going to win the division but have another first-round exit. So it's a bit shocking to me that even considering moving Kluber. So that's my pick. He's incredible there's not too much more to say about that and then i'm How gonna, you closing it i'm gonna for you because i know where i'm closing mine you know i've got some options for closing it do i go with the closer to close it oh i don't think i'm gonna do that because i know your feelings on it and he's a was not a great postseason pitcher i'm gonna go behind the dish Whoa. in miami oh there's a catcher by the name of jt real muto oh. who is on the market and you know he's a very talented player. Hits for average. He can even steal some bases. He gets on base. 
you know, and and catching is hard to find in baseball today. Not many teams really have that catcher they're so confident in. So I'm going to go with JT Realmuto. He's going to want. Oh, he's going to. Marlon's going to want a lot of prospects for him, and you know he can make a lot of teams better. I even saw some reports that the Yankees could be interested in getting getting him and moving Sanchez for him. Really? I don't. I don't think they'd actually do it, but it's there's some rumblings. But it's the off season, so every thing is rumbling. He's kind of an under radar guy, but you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with JT. Well. That's an interesting choice, and uh, he's a good ball player. I will give it to him. He uh, hit 279, 59 homers, uh, 243 RBIs. He was an all-star silver slugger. Um, but I got to say thank you. for Because you, and again, how I worded it, I would love to say thank you to Callen. Let's see this. This is, this is the holiday season. I'm very thankful. Oh, wait. I think you I know where I'm going. I think I know where you're going, going now. Where am I going? Uh, There's a Paul, Paul Goldschmidt. You're absolutely yeah, right. So yeah. thank you for allowing me to take Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, thank you, Callan. You know what? I didn't go with him just because, to me, he's... I don't know how much I see him on the move, but you know what? It's a really good pick. Thanks. I, for me, it was more thinking of names who I really could see on the move. on the move, and I was thinking more... He but, could you know, be. He could be. Realistically. I yeah, I think he's realistic. Pretty the good. Phillies, any, though, any apparently. Get, any team can get him for one year, and he can improve their lineup drastically. Real Muto, you get the years of, of club control. So, you know what? I'm not going to say I regret the pick, but I would have rather picked Goldschmidt had I thought of him. Thank you. But you know what? I still think I got a solid both on the mound and at the plate. Good all-around people who any team, if I'm the Yankees and I could have any of these four players, I'd be happy putting any of these guys on this team. Oh, I think I, I think what I got all my picks in right. So, so what do I go with? I decided to you go Machado, Machado, Syndergaard, Goldschmidt, and pa- and Pollock. What a team! Not even close. Three, three guys on these lists: former or current slash former Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. And there's one other name from Diamondbacks that we didn't bring up that he could be on the move too, Zach Granke. Mr. Granke. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, their team to watch this offseason. What are they going to do since they were just outside of a wild card spot last season? Yeah, um, they're going to trust uh, the they analytics go? with uh, Heron. True. I like, I like him. He's a, he's a, I like him. He's a good one. Um, but that is going to be all the time that we have here. Go on our Twitter, WQSU Sports, and join the poll. See and let us know who, who won this debate. I think it's very clear. Callan pitched his case. I think mine is uh, a very easy, uh, more obvious case. It's a little controversial. Again, I went with two guys that are on the trade market, but they're two, su- two superstars. Uh, but let us know what you think. We got a great show coming up. Our next show for you. We'll dive into it once we get there. But thank you for listening to our SU Sports Corner podcast. I'm Josh. Join with Callan. We're signing off. Have a great week. See you around.